Hey guys, welcome to episode 5 of How We Human. We are already 5 episodes in and we are super stoked for today's guest. So this is our second guest ever. We're going to be talking to Cole Bryan in a little bit. He is a YouTuber, videographer, and Appalachian Trail through Hiker. He's going to explain a little bit more of that to you once we talk to him. Uh, but he's a really interesting guy and I definitely think he's someone that our audience uh, should definitely take a listen to and uh, probably can take some inspiration from. Uh, so Tony, basically today... Cole's topic and one of the reasons we chose him for an interview is because you know today's topic is all about taking risks. Why do you think that's important for artists? Man, I think it's everything for artists because I mean you can take the safe route 100% of the time and get nowhere 100% of the time. Um, part of being creative is, is finding new ideas. You need to take those chances. Sometimes you have to. Sometimes those chances mean different things. Depending what you do, it's going to be different. Yeah, if you're, you know, a writer, musician, it might not be the same thing, but you're going to have to make a decision point at some point in your life, your creative life, your professional life, you know, that says, hey, I'm going to take a risk. I'm going to take myself seriously, because honestly, no one will take you seriously until you take yourself seriously. Right. And I think a, a definitive way to, to see if you take yourself seriously is to, you know, step outside of your box, take a risk, take yourself seriously step outside of your box and you don't you never know i mean but at least you know you know you know where you'll stand with yourself um and you know where you will stand with the rest of the world and i think that's the lesson that you can take forward you may not write the greatest story if you're sitting on a really comfortable couch you may have to be sitting in like a really crappy chair it's the uncomfort of life that sometimes like propels us forward and has us you know create good work or learn from it in order to create work later uh, so yeah, I hope that you guys enjoy this interview with Cole. Really excited to be bringing this to you guys. If you have any questions or anything like that after the show, comments, or if you want to be a guest, definitely get in touch with us on social media. All right, guys, here's Cole. A uh, guy who I actually know personally. His name is Cole Bryan. He comes from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. He is a YouTuber, videographer, and an Appalachian Trail through hiker. He will tell you what that means if you don't know, but I would say he is probably the definition of a risk taker, an entrepreneur in his own way. So Cole, welcome to the show. Dude, so happy to be here. Stoked to have you, man. Uh, so yeah, man, we know each other uh, from when I was in Baton Rouge as of like two weeks ago at the time of this recording, so not long ago. Uh, so we've known each other for like a year or two. Uh, through, you know, videography and just kind of general things like that in Baton Rouge. Uh, so tell us kind of piggybacking onto that. Like, what do you do? What is your story? Uh, how did you get into what you do? Um, yeah, so basically coming out of high school, I went to college for a year, dropped out of college, uh, wanted to do videography. Uh, instead of going to college for it, I kind of determined that that was not a financially smart route to go. So I started doing the, I guess, normal things you would do. I bought my a few small cheap lenses, you know, a Canon T3i, and I started filming weddings. And I did that for a few years and it was great. Uh, it was a great learning experience for me and it eventually led into me landing a kind of very entry-level position at a video production company locally in Baton Rouge. That would be how I got my start in this. Definitely. Um, what was it about videography, uh, I guess, A, that maybe interested you? Were you just really into movies as a kid or something or was it different no, than that? I'll tell you right now, I bought a GoPro in high school, it sounds lame, but I bought a GoPro because I wanted to film my car. 
Uh, I thought it would be a cool thing. And one day I was with some friends and we put this big ramp in front of a pond. And uh, we, we were riding bikes off the ramp, you know, being pulled behind a four-wheeler. I filmed the whole thing, and I was being really creative about it. I don't know why. I don't even know what came over me. And uh, later that day, I sat down with my friend. He had a brand-new iMac, and uh, we, we went on iMovie, and I never edited before. And we edited this video of this, like, pond jump day. And the video just, like, blew up internally at my school. Like, people loved it. And I think there was, like, this feeling of, like, people coming up to you and saying dude that was so cool what you made and i i guess became addicted to that feeling and and realized like hey not only am i good at this but i really enjoy this like it's really cool when someone says to you they like something you did yeah it's that uh grassroots marketing basically right just did a very uh you didn't even know you were doing it i guess at the time it's like our last guest joe was talking about you have to get people interested local before you go out into like bigger markets and stuff to get your work out there. That's awesome, dude. Uh, Tony, what do you got? Yeah, dude, you said you quit your day job. I couldn't imagine quitting any day job for anything. Cause as a creative, you know, it's like, if you don't have income, you can't buy your supplies. If you're, if you're a, a painter or if you're a blogger and you're not getting paid like myself, then quitting your day job just seems unfeasible. What, how did you decide to make that jump? Oh, I, I think I decided to quit my job and I, I've done it multiple times now. Um, quick backstory, I, when I went through this whole phase of dropping out of school, um, I started to feel stagnant in life and I didn't know what I was doing, didn't know where I was going. I didn't know I was going to be in the video world. I didn't know where I was going. I was just this kid. And I, I one day decided to travel. I was like, I, I want to travel. I've always wanted to. Uh, I want to make this happen. One thing led to another and I ended up backpacking Europe for three weeks. Um, I kind of like just landed in Ireland and had no plans and traveled all around Europe and it was it was kind of an experience that set uh, a precedent for my life for the future like it totally changed my life and I think so, some years went by uh, since then that was in 2014. Uh, in 2015, I ended up getting the job at the video production company, um, and it's kind of funny. I got this job that, that a lot of people who, I guess, work maybe in that industry would, would kill to have. I ended up deciding to go to Africa shortly after um, that getting that job. In the summer of 2015, I went to Africa, and I became so inspired in Africa with life, like so inspired that I realized that I could not... I cannot live the rest of my life just grinding to, to make it somewhere like I, I wanted to like just really live and see what life was about and the idea of hiking the Appalachian Trail, an impossible challenge came to me. Um, if you're not familiar, the Appalachian Trail is a 2,200 mile hiking trail from Georgia to Maine. Um, it goes across 14 states and it's common for people to attempt to hike the whole thing. They're called through hikers. And I, I figured this out. I, I heard that people did this and I thought it was insane. Um, so I, I ended up just, I, I had an amazing job. And I think the thing that, that, got me to quit my job, sell my car, you know, sell all my possessions was I just wanted to really take life, uh, I don't know, take, take life by the reins and, and just see what it was about because life is so short 
And I'm big into the whole like life is short. You have to make the most of it. You have to, you never know when your opportunities will dwindle. And, and we as people are so fortunate right now, you know, being young and, and, and healthy individuals that we can like, we have infinite opportunities ahead. Like you look at your future and, and you could, you could be anything you want if you work hard. So I think, I think I, I saw that and I just knew that as long as I was ambitious and inspired in life, regardless of what I was doing, even if it meant quitting everything, things would work out in the end. So would you say for you, is there a difference between, uh, you know, practicality and then just like you said, living out your adventures, like not taking no for an answer? Like, how do you find that balance in your life? Because obviously, you know, to live a healthy life, you do need a little bit of both, but it sounds like you've kind of found a way to kind of do both. I, I don't know. I would say I haven't found a way. I feel like I'm winging it, if I'm being totally <laughs> honest with you. I think I I think the most important thing is, no matter what, regardless if you feel like you have a grip on practicality versus just like going for it, you have to just be positive. Because in the end, a big philosophy I live with is things always work out in the end if you're positive and want success for yourself. Um, I would say I'm in an ever state or a constant state of trying to figure out how I'm making it work. Like last year, I did not work for eight months. And right now, currently, I'm busier than I've ever been in with work. And I'm not sure if I like either or. Like it's, it's hard to find the balance. And I don't think I have. I think I'm very fortunate with the way things have worked out for me. Um, but it's, again, it's still something I'm figuring out. Cause I mean, you know, as people we're constantly growing, we're constantly figuring new things out about ourselves. I don't know. I don't think there's any like method to the madness. I think you just, you go for what your heart wants. And I think if you do that, if you have the courage to do that, things will work out. Your big drive early in life was videography, getting into kind of filmmaking, cameras, all that good stuff. So once you landed that with your uh, job, before you quit, what was it that kind of said, I want to give that up or put it on hold to do a completely different passion? Is it more like you kind of got bored with it or is it more like you like to have multiple you know, passions going on? Um, that is a good question. I would say uh, at the end of the day, the job I had is still a job. And any job, whether it be for yourself or for anyone else, it's still a job. And maybe this sounds a little hippie-ish or uh, selfish of me, but I wanted to, to really experience something for myself uh, versus working, I guess. And, and while, yes, you can be inspired in your work and you can be excited about your work, I, again, kind of like you said, like finding like the balance, like, yeah, you need a job and everything. Um, I just, I don't know. I took a risk for something that made me passionate and it's kind of weird and it's hard to even say, but, uh, when I thought about the Appalachian Trail or I thought about t doing a big adventure like that, I, it would, it literally set me on fire inside. Like I just became so excited the thought of doing something like that. And, uh, a big part of it, a big part of the reason uh, that I did it and what enticed me so much to like leave behind such a good job and security and such, um, was the, the idea of total independence. And I think the idea, everyone wants to, to be like independent in life. You know, you want, you look at a bird and you're like, oh, I want to be that bird flying wherever you want. But 
I think I just decided to make make that happen or try to make that happen. Sure. And eventually you have to come back down. But I think it was the independence thing. I was just like, I can't. I told myself if I got this job, I can probably get one like it again so as long as again like I said as long as I'm positive and I work hard and you know what if if I fall on my face then I fall on my face but as long as I'm not doing anything negative so that sounds like you have an interesting philosophy from the trail can you tell us like what was that like I know uh, I mean I think I saw you that week before you left and I mean I'm sure it's changed you in so many ways that you can't even say, but like, what was it like on that first day compared to maybe that last day? It was weird. It, it was, it's hard to explain and it's, it's even hard to explain to myself. I mean, it's, it's 14 states. It's 14 and I mean, states. And to clarify, like, you know, you're not staying, you know, at five-star hotels, it's like you camp for majority of the time, you get a quick motel with a few people, wash, rinse off, then you rinse and repeat. And you, I mean, you're roughing it. It's, it's not like- Oh yeah, yeah. It, was, it was the hardest working I've ever done in my life. I mean, quite literally think what you've done for the past six months. And I would wake up early, I would wake up with the sun every morning and I would walk up and down and up and down mountains until, uh, you know, five, six, seven at night. Like I would work, it was almost like I was working harder than I've ever worked before in my life. Uh, the mental, you know, force, uh, or the mental like strength I had to have sometimes getting towards the end was just unbelievable. I think at the beginning of the trail, like day one, um, I didn't, ex I was so excited. I just was so excited. I, it was like, I had this feeling of freedom that I cannot explain. And, um, at the end, I would say it, it was a really weird feeling because, uh, wait, so, you, so were you, you doing this alone? Were you doing like this entire 2,200 miles, like solo up and down a mountain, like so I, I did it alone, but I was never alone. That's, that's what, that's like the solo traveler's motto. It's like, you go alone, you know, you, you're reliant only on yourself, but you're never really alone because of the people you meet on the road and they come and go. And sometimes it is really lonely and sometimes it's very non-sociable, you know, but, um, I was never really alone. I like to say, uh, I met a lot of really great people that were doing the same thing. Um, so, but yes, I did go do it alone. I don't like to be dependent on other people for, you know, my own successes, I guess. Yeah. Hey, nothing's wrong with that, dude. Yeah. I, you know, you just, I don't know. Well, what's interesting is I'm sure, uh, I mean, I know you had like your phone on you and stuff, but I'm sure there were like stretches where like it would probably die or you didn't have service. Did it kind of make you like see like how much we're reliant on our technology and getting away from it? Did it give you a new perspective? Absolutely. I did have my phone. I mean, we do live in a modern day and age sure. and there were many times where I had service on the trail, but the majority of the time my phone was in airplane mode and I wasn't using it. Um, and it was a really nice break from, I, I wouldn't even say a break from reality. And I don't like saying that because like that was my reality. Like that was real life. Yeah. It wasn't a vacation. It wasn't, it wasn't, you know, yeah. whatever. But like, I wasn't worried about the election. I wasn't worried about, you know, the horrible things happening or in the world. Like I was just, I, I was with, in the woods every day with amazing people having 
you know, good conversation and there was nothing distracting me. There was no like petty little things that pop up on my Instagram feed and make me, you know, think a certain way. Like it was, it was a very pure and freeing, uh, experience. And, and again, it, it wasn't a total disconnect from the world at all. Um, but it, it definitely was like, I don't know, it, it, it definitely, it gives you a perspective. I wouldn't say it like something like that is so great. You know, you don't use your phone. I think, I don't think I could survive without being connected, but it, it gives you a perspective of like, I don't really need to be on my phone the whole time. You know, it's like when I went to an example to like back this up or like an analogy, when I went to Africa, I remember walking through one of the poor slums in, in uh, you know, the entire world. Uh, and it didn't make me a better person doing that. And it didn't make me, you know, not waste food, but it did give me the perspective of like, it's ridiculous how much we, uh, complain or, or waste. And then, you know, being away from the phone so much, like how much time we spend on it. Was it like weird or overwhelming when you did get back to Louisiana and you kind of like got back to quote unquote normal or how did that you go? Know, it wasn't when I got home at the end that was weird. I had a really, really strange occurrence happen mid-trail. I ended up getting a job to shoot a commercial in Hong Kong while I was one month, one and a half months into the trail. And it's this really long story. I remember I'm this. Not, I forgot I'm not, about that. I'm not going to go wait, into wait, it because it's... Well, it's... <laughs> Like, really, really short version. I went to Puerto Rico for my birthday before I hiked the Appalachian Trail. I met a Canadian in Puerto Rico. He, he like, has this viral YouTube video about this road trip he did around America. And he got a job to shoot this commercial in Hong Kong for this tech company. He had no one to shoot it. He remembered me. He hit me up. He said, hey, Cole could you come shoot this video in Hong Kong? I thought he was joking. I said, dude, I'm hiking the Appalachian Trail. He said, so is that a yes? And I said, yes. <laughs> and it turned out being a real thing. Uh, two weeks after I got that call, I actually flew to Hong Kong. I literally went straight from the trail to an airport, flew like 35 hours to Hong Kong, ended up shooting this commercial there, and then uh, coming back, just straight back to the trail. And then I continued hiking for another four and a half months. Um, or four months. You're probably the only person who's got to China mid-trail. Like, probably honestly, ever. <laughs> the funny thing is, like, if someone told me, dude, I need you to go to Hong Kong right now, I would think you were crazy. And the fact that it was during the trail, it was this really wild experience. But um, I thought going to Hong Kong, of all places, you know, you're out in the woods every day, you're not seeing anyone. I'd been out there for a month and a half. That's a decent amount of time. And I thought it was going to be really hard for me to digest. Hong Kong is an insanely huge, busy city. It's a hundred times what Baton Rouge is. And I get there and I was fine. I was totally in it. I was in it to win it. I thought this was awesome. I had a great time. It's not going back to civilization that's hard. It's it's going back to the woods. Like when I came back from Hong Kong and got back in the woods, uh, I felt a crippling depression, um, a very difficult depression for the first couple days getting back where I, I just felt suffocated by the woods. And it was something I had to work through and then and then realize like you're not alone, like you're fine. Um, but I, I would say I felt 
I never felt so alone uh, when I went back to the trail and was just... It was just the transition from Hong Kong back to the woods. It just like gave you a different perspective of the woods or... The busyness and craziness. It, it was kind of like a ride that you got on and it was very exciting and then all of a sudden it just stopped and you're just alone in the middle of the woods. I would say it was like the drasticness of that change. And I don't know... Isolation. I don't know why it was... Because when when I went to Hong Kong, I was distracted, and when I got back on the trail, it's like I'm all in my own head now, and I and I think it just goes like no one really wants to be alone in life, like no one wants to be alone in anything in life. I had developed friendships hiking up to that point, and when I flew to Hong Kong and back, everyone I had known out on the trail was long gone, and I knew I would probably never see them again. I mean, they were weeks ahead of me, so. I think it was also that that aspect of it that was really hard to swallow. It's like it's, beginning it's really, again, basically. Yeah, it was like, yeah, yeah it was absolutely. And the trail, I know that this podcast isn't about the trail, but the trail's hard to really explain like the feelings and emotions you go through because it's not often that people choose to live such a life, you know, or, sure. or like go through, put themselves through an experience like that, I guess. So it's just... Just yeah, it's weird. It's a total opposite of what we do on a daily basis. I mean, like you're talking about social media and all that stuff. You know, I can I can actually sort of understand how if you're going from woods to technology, it might not be as bad because then you're distracted by the technology and then you kind of get sucked into the cycle. But then if you're yeah. going the other way out, I could see the you know the damage because then you don't have the technology there to distract you. You don't have all the like flashy lights, restaurants, movies, and then you're just literally alone with your thoughts. And yeah, it's that's that's a lot. Things aren't worth worrying about or things shouldn't be given as much weight as some people give them. And since I had that solitude and that break from everything and that that like perspective change and that refresh like where I was hiking for months and months with no responsibilities and no job and no car and no bills and nothing like I just had never felt richer the world is just full of people like you who are trying to figure things out too it's like don't stress uh so I try to be pretty stress-free in life yeah man so have you found a way to like apply that to you know, your art, your craft, your, you know, your videography, YouTube channel, all that stuff that you do now. I'm sure like going on a stressful shoot probably seems petty. You know, I mean, you know how production is, like something goes wrong, you're behind schedule. I mean, I'm sure a lot of that seems kind of trivial in a way. Yeah. Like you probably see the value in it, but then at the same time, in the grand scheme of things, if you compare it, it probably just seems a little different. If you're, you know, if you're stressed and worried about something, it means you care and you, you know, there's legitimate things to stress or worry about. Um, yeah. But I would say, I recently, this past weekend, I had to fly to New York to produce this shoot. Um, and I was really stressed out about it before. And I don't know why, but I, I kept, I remember sitting in the airport being like, why are you stressed out? Like, everything's literally gonna be fine. Like, nothing's gonna go wrong. And I would like think about the trail and I would think about everything. And it just like, it was a very calming, calming thing to, to think about. Um, and you know, the shoot went fine and there was nothing to worry about. And then you're just that much yeah. know, better off. Dude, that's it, the sign that you care. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Cause I, I don't think I've had a shoot that I can recall, like whether it's been a really cut and dry corporate shoot 
or like my feature film. Every shoot I've done, like before it starts, I always get so like, what could go wrong? Like, did every, you know, did all the batteries yeah. charge? Like little minute things. Like, oh, I think, I think it just means the, the, the calm before the storm, if you don't have butterflies, you're not, you're not doing something right. But whenever that storm hits, I always find like, even before, like, let's say before hiking the trail, I was nervous as all get out. I didn't know if I was gonna be able to do it. I didn't know what was gonna happen. But then the moment I stepped on that trail, I was great. Same with any shoot. It's like, yeah, you get a little nervous, but you know it's gonna be fine. You tell yourself that, and the moment that shoot happens, like, I'm, I'm, I'm doing fine. Like, I'm in my element. Like, it's great. As creatives or artists or YouTubers or, you know, whatever you do, you know, you can go online, you can watch a TED talk, you can read a book, you can listen to a podcast, and you can like listen to 10,000 people tell you how to do something and, you know, kind of be a guru. Or you could also just try it yourself, see what happens. And, you know, like you said, if you fail, you fail, but at least you can say you tried. In your mind, you have to be right with yourself. Like, forget the job, forget what you're doing. Like, you gotta, like at the end of the day, like, again, you, you got to make sure you're right with your life. Like you got to make sure you're passionate and you're happy in life and, and you're right there. And I think, I think if you can figure out how to, how to do that, then you can take on, uh, these, these jobs or, or whatever. You seem like you are in tune with like, you know, these little checkpoints in life. Like, do you check in with yourself every so often and kind of be like, am I doing the right thing? You know, I think you want to continue to work your butt off. You want to, you know, you strive to, to strive to be great and, and, and climb the ladder, whatever it is. I don't think you should, <laughs> I, I don't think you should come into the game and be like, I'm going to be this, you know, director and I don't care about anything. And like, <laughs> I'm going to be great. Like, no, you're, you're an idiot. Like you can't do that. Um, I just, I, I was more saying like with your mindset, you just have to be like really open and really like you know accepting to like what's going to come your way yeah evan evan was uh talking about i guess the the i guess the internal side of it like how it was how it was making you feel how you grew as a person uh, i'm really interested on the other side of things like the outside of your head type of thing where like how did that experience and everything you learned how did you take that into your business i guess you know with contrast films um with your work with photography with uh videography just um do you take that as like as uh, um those lessons so like uh, as you just say a contrast film so contrast films is the production company i work for in baton rouge i like i said mentioned a couple years ago started out as a lowly worker there and uh just recently i i was promoted to an associate producer position and you know i've really been growing with them and learning and I've since coming back to the trail, uh, obviously, uh, for anyone that I guess might care, I, I came home from the trail, I successfully hiked it, um, bought a sailboat, planned to live on the sailboat, they offered me my job back, um, and I, I couldn't let go of the idea of taking that job back, it was so funny, I ended up, I called my boss, I, I told, they offered me my job back after I finished the trail, and I told them no. I said, no, I'm not going back. Like, I quit the job. Like, I love, the job was, that job I loved so much, you know, it was so great. But I, you know, I just, I had to live my own life. I had to go off and do my own thing. Um, and they admired that and they appreciated me. And I think, 
I went off and did my own thing, right? And I came back, and they asked me to come back, and, you know, not getting into details, I decided to come back. I was like, maybe this is going to be a really good opportunity, and the fact that you're getting a, you know, you quit it, and you're still getting a shot at going back. I ended up calling my boss one day. He was in Iceland, like, on some big shoot, and I'm like, hey, uh, has that ship sailed to go back to work? Because I'd like to, I'd like to see where it goes. I was like, I want to see where it goes. And he was like, we'd love to have you back. And so since going back in December of last year, it's like things have just been really going great. I think, I think they saw someone who was young and motivated, not just with work, like someone that was not afraid to, to put everything away and go for something that they were really passionate about. And not only just go for something you're passionate about, but work so very hard to achieve that you know, dream or the challenge. And I think, and I can't speak for my bosses or my success in this job, but I think they, I think that's just it. They saw someone that was, that was really passionate and, and people not feed off that, but like, that's a really important trait to have in life. Like if someone can work so hard, you know, in their own life to, to go for the things that inspire them, like, then that's someone we want to have on our team. That's someone we want to have to, to, to teach and to grow with us. The fact that I was able to go for something big and not be afraid to take that risk yeah. um, is I think what they may have found admirable or others may find admirable. And um, yeah, I mean, again, at the end of the day, it's a risk. Like I didn't know I was gonna get my job back. I didn't know I was gonna end up, you know, doing really well with it. Like. I had no idea. I was just hiking the trail. Like you said, if you, uh, you know, are into what you're doing yourself, it's contagious. People are going to see that. And, you know, if you're good at marketing yourself, if you're good at like telling people, hey, I'm passionate about this idea, like you'll probably never need an agent. Yeah. And at the end of the day, you don't care because you know what you're about. Like I didn't go hike the trail to be like, dude, look at what I did. I hiked all these thousand miles, dude. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, so, I, so like this trail. Like, you no, and I think <laughs> I think sometimes it's hard to, to it's hard not to come across as like. You know, of course right. I want to post photos on Instagram. Of course I want to talk about the great experiences I had. Like, that was my life. Like, the trail is so dear to me, I can't even explain it. It's like people that have babies and they want to talk about it and post pictures. And everyone's like, dude, ugh, like, quit talking about your baby. It's like, that's like me with the Appalachian Trail. So it's hard naturally not to, like, you know, be obsessed about it. But, um, yeah, I mean, I did it for myself. And, and that's what you have to do, whether it's hiking, art, what have you like you have to do it because you want to do it the awards and like the fame and blah 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 like that stuff may never come it's few and far between you got to do it because you like it or else there's really no point by the way did you on that trail did you take any good books with you like please tell me you took some like nighttime reading like Oof. just to like settle your mind after entire day of trail walking or so you'd running. be surprised tony i gotta tell you straight you were so tired after an entire day of walking that you didn't know uh, you didn't have any motivation to read you just kind of pass out but i'll tell you i did read once i read one book on the trail and it's an interesting story 
I explained I bought a sailboat. Right. I had dreams to live on the sailboat and sail it around the Caribbean. Obviously, going back to work, getting back into a normal life, and pursuing the career has made that dream, you know, be pushed aside. That's actually what I YouTube about. I always YouTube about my boat. Uh, my YouTube videos have become quite popular, <laughs> but I don't. I'm not actually gonna live on the boat now, so I don't really know what to do to that crowd of people that have followed that. Uh, anyways, um, I was wanting, you know, while I was out on the trail, um, I never, I guess I were, if you're listening still, then I guess I should probably explain why I even hiked the trail other than the whole like psychological, I wanted independent stuff. I hiked the trail because I wanted to leave home. I, I, I didn't want to be the, the classic case of, oh, born and raised here, never left home. And I'm definitely not, I'm not you know, ashamed of where I live. I'm proud of it. And I love, I'd love it to an extent and I really love my job, but I, I wanted to just not be afraid to, to, you know, put myself out there and, and really, really detach myself from where I'm from. When I was out on the trail, I started becoming inspired to sail and, uh, I started talking to people and they were like, dude, that would be so cool. You should, you should totally do that. And I was like, I'm not gonna lie. I get really excited thinking about it. The, the absolute independence that would come with that. And I don't know, one day I walked up to this shelter, uh, on the trail every so often they have these like basic wooden shelters that people will sometimes sleep in and I, f I found this book sitting on the ground and I, I it was just sitting there like someone left it there and I picked it up and I had been wanting to read a book uh, and it was a book with a sailboat on the cover and I ended up reading it and it was about a man in like 1974 that sailed across the Atlantic alone and in this tiny little sailboat oh. and it was a very inspiring read and uh can, are we allowed to pause can i go get that book and yeah, read dude. a little excerpt from it yeah you're good all right hold on because it's the most inspirational thing ever hold on this this quote from this book is i would say very near and dear to my heart and how i feel about life um, but it goes like this um, Many of us grow up with dreams. We never realize we don't take time to live them or we let others discourage us We listen to the choruses of why bother and what will you gain from it and never experience the joys of achieving goals We set for ourselves. I believe that everyone should have a dream and strive to reach it People's dreams can be big or small. It doesn't matter What matters is that a dream come true can change a person in some undefinable but vital way and sometimes one dream will lead to another and another until finally the act of dreaming becomes an endless cycle, a limitless horizon as vast as the sea itself. Dang. I know you guys are feeling that. That was dope. <laughs> there you have it. That was amazing. The author is Jerry Spies. Um, G-E-R-R-Y-S-P-I-E-S-S. -S I can't read. We'll um, put a link. I'm sure it's on like Amazon or something. We'll put a link to it. Yeah, and it's really cool. This is actually a signed copy by the author. Um, it says, To Greg, best of luck with file management. Jerry Spies. I'm not Greg, but it's pretty cool that I got a you know, signed <laughs> copy of the book that I found in the middle of the AT. But anyways. Grace. I feel like you're doing the furthest thing from file management. got to have a dream 
and it doesn't matter if it's big or small you've got to have a dream and when you achieve that dream you can have tons of dreams but when you achieve any dream big or small it it does something to you like it really does something to you it makes you feel like the impossible is not the impossible and and i think when you do achieve those dreams you you kind of like learn a, a bit about yourself and i think i think it drives you and i think there's no set way you're never going to hit a plateau in life you're never going to hit a hit a place of full stability or understanding of where you're at in life you're going to constantly be evolving and figuring it out and grinding and and changing and whatever and you just have to understand that you you need to find something that drives you and and if that means taking risks or like being crazy and selling everything to go do something then freaking do it because life's too short not to and you're wasting your time if you don't you want a full-time I'll position just... dude I think we're <laughs> no <laughs> hey i can yeah you want I a full-time we, we, we can add another member <laughs> we're here uh with cole Bryan again for okay. the 50th okay. time okay yeah <laughs> <laughs> I, I like uh we call it cole's corner yeah. i like it. cole's corner we know each other but i'm glad that we can introduce you to the broader internet um because you're doing cool stuff man like keep keep doing what you're doing where can people keep up with you we'll we'll plug it in our links uh, my youtube does not reflect my professional life just gonna throw that one out there it, it is simply for fun um and i i just I don't know. I do a lot of stupid stuff. My YouTube's Colby. All you gotta do is type in Colby, and then um, yeah, Instagram Cole L Bryan. Uh, yeah, follow me on Instagram and shoot me a message. Hit me up. I'd love. I love to talk to people. I love when people message me randomly because I just I love talking. I'm a, I'm just a little talker. Let Cole <laughs> let Cole know you came from the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Cool, man. Well, seriously, thanks again, and we will catch up with cool. you later. Thanks for having me on, guys. That was really fun, Cole, really cool guy to talk to. And uh, hopefully y'all took a little bit of inspiration from that and uh, maybe could apply it to your own life. You know, you may not need to go hike the Appalachian Trail, but maybe there's something in your life creatively with your art, you know, a risk you're not taking right now that you may want to be taking in your future and in your near future. And I think that's what today's episode was all about is, you know, jumping out of your comfort zone and uh, making something positive happen. Yeah, man, it's, I've never, taking a day off work to completely uh, give myself to a creative anything. So I think it's something to say. I mean, Cole's our age, he's around, you know, mid twenties. So it's, it's interesting to see his perspective. He's not afraid to take that risk. And he seems like he's found sort of a balance. And, you know, like he said, he didn't have it all figured out, but you know, he seems like, you know, he's found a, you know, good job that he can work with and people who understand that drive. And, you know, that's not always going to happen. But I think, you know, the fact that, right. you know, he, he didn't know it was going to happen until he took a risk. And so I think that was really cool. That's why people get discovered. You know, we talked about that in the last episode with Joe a little bit. You know, if you don't take the risk to put your work out there, no one's going to find it. You know, you can't just make it and leave it on your hard drive. You got to actually upload it. You know, that's the biggest thing is, is putting it out mm -hmm. there. Just keep creating, guys. Take risks. Um, maybe I'll add some more risk-taking to my own repertoire, and we'll see what comes from it.
Thank you again for listening. You can follow us on Twitter at HowWeHumanPod. Definitely check us out on iTunes. Just search HowWeHuman, SoundCloud 2. And uh, feel free to leave us questions. If you're a viewer, we do viewer mail every once in a while. Answer the questions. And also if you're a guest, if you do something cool that you feel like you want to share with the podcast, don't be afraid to reach out. We'd love to have you. So thanks again, guys. Take care.